When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome into the Big Ten Previews and Projection Show. Luke Giardi and Anthony Broom for you here on Mason Brew Podcast for the SB Nation Podcast Network, taking a look at all 14 Big Ten teams. We did four already as we are ready to jump into the last night. We're going to save Michigan for a deep dive for last, and we're going to be taking a look at the other nine teams here. We're going to be giving you three a week. And well, we're going to be kicking it off with a, with a big one here, Anthony, we're going to be kicking it off with Michigan state to begin this week, man. And obviously this is, uh, is going to be a big year uh, for Michigan state Mel Tucker in his second year. We'll, we'll get to, you know, what he did last year, but I mean, Hey man, uh, th- this is a team that came into the big house last year and beat Michigan handed Jim Harbaugh his worst loss, uh, in his tenure at Michigan. I don't even think that's debatable. I'll be honest with you. That game was a fireable offense, but good for Michigan state. Good for Mel Tucker to, to kick it off that way. Yeah. And despite, I mean, this is a Michigan. We'll just jump right into it. This is a Michigan state team that went two and five last year with wins, a disgusting win at the big house, 27, 24. It was never that close. It was never, it was, it was never as close as the score indicated uh, easily. Probably. You know, take, you know, you can lump it in there with 2018 Ohio State, but whatever it is, it is the most embarrassing loss of the Jim Harbaugh era. It is, you know, and and this isn't a Michigan podcast today, but there are only two wins at Michigan, 27-24, and against Northwestern, who won the Big Ten West and was a top 10 team. So both of Michigan State's wins, pretty impressive, but they got shelled by absolutely everyone else. Uh, the game against Rutgers in week one, they turn over the ball seven times. Of course, that was with Rocky Lombardi, who uh, looked like Pat Mahomes that week. Pat F and Mahomes, to uh, <laughs> quote our, our compatriot, Chris Castellani, who is no longer with us on the podcast. You know, it's it's tough to get a read on what, you know, it's, I should be more prepared than this, but I'm still kind of reeling from what that loss did because, Last year, for all intents and purposes, COVID year, year zero, exhibition year, everything that could have gone wrong for Mel Tucker in year one pretty much went wrong because he didn't even get the job until February. Mark D'Antonio left them high and dry. COVID happened. They couldn't get, you know, Mel Tucker is a recruiting first guy. That's how Michigan State wants to build it. It's kind of the Mm -hmm. bizarro D'Antonio where they were all about player development. And it was a very... I think one of the preview magazines I read put it this way. It was a very big 10 West type of approach to building a team. Whereas now, you know, Mel Tucker wants to be a guy that recruits top 20, top 15 nationally. He wants this Michigan state program to be a, be a peer to Michigan, Michigan, Ohio state, Penn state on the recruiting trail and at the top of the big 10 standings. So the fact that COVID kind of comes in and, and neuters your first year on the job, and then that Big Ten season wound up being what it was. 
it was a glorified exhibition year. It was truly a year zero for them. So if you told a Spartan fan going into year zero that, yeah, we're going to suck this year, but hey, we're going to make Michigan poop, poop their pants and we're going to w- beat the team that wins the Big Ten West. I think a lot of them would take that. And, and it doesn't, I think this year is when it really starts to sink. Like you'll know where they're, where, what the baseline is for that program and where it might be heading this year now, because this is when it counts. I think that all things considered, you know, when you look at last season for Michigan State, you know, you get blown out the week after you beat Michigan. You go to Iowa, lose 49 to seven. You get shut out at Indiana, 24 0. You beat Northwestern, and then Ohio State blows you out in East Lansing, and Penn State beats you 39 24 to end the year. So, not a good season. But I think Spartan fans were expecting that. I think that maybe if they don't win that Michigan game, that fan base feels a lot differently about, because what do we see now? Everything we, it's every picture of J, of Mel Tucker looks like it's straight out of a JJ Abrams movie. It's, it's shot from like this Dutch angle. There's a, a lens <laughs> flare in it. He's got a cigar in his mouth. Like that's, I have to keep looking at that picture of him sitting with his sunglasses and a stogie in his mouth with Paul Bunyan in his hand for until at least October 30th. So Michigan, I don't want to be this type of quote unquote Michigan guy, but the last time that Michigan state had this resurgence as a program, it was kind of aided by Michigan shooting itself in the foot. And I'm, I'm hoping that history doesn't repeat itself here, but you can't help but feel like at least in state, like the Spartans own the state right now. And that, that went over Michigan was kind of, the jolt that made that year zero or year 0.5, whatever you want to call it, I guess worth it for a lot of Michigan state fans. Yeah. This is, um, I'm interested to know what like Michigan state fan expectations are for this year, because you want to build off last year and the wins against Michigan and Northwestern. I think you can, but this is also going to be just a completely different team. You're, you're not really playing with a lot of the same guys, 20 guys transferred out of the program, but they also brought in like quite a bit of talent and yeah. you they have the spring the and you portal. have, yeah. Yeah. It. And you, you have, you have the spring and you have the fall to, to kind of put this team together, but it's not really like building a whole lot outside of maybe, you know, the receiving core as we'll get into here. Um, but you're not really building off a lot of what that team was a year ago. So you, you are, there is kind of a, a makeshift. Well, I don't want to say makeshift, but, but a new group guys going to have to get used to playing with each other, you know? And I think we're going to see that across a lot of college football uh, with the transfer portal, but I mean, what are the expectations for Mel Tucker? Because like you said, we can't really garner a lot off of last year. You know, two very good wins against Michigan and Northwestern and non-competitive in the other games that they played. So it's going to be interesting here. You know, you look at the last five years, obviously the program was teetering a little bit under D'Antonio. They're 29 and 29 in the last five years, uh, two and five a year ago. Mel Tucker you know, comes in after one year at Colorado. He wasn't the first choice for Michigan State. That was obviously public. But I will say the way that the fan base and it feels like the entire Michigan State football community is kind of accepted and rallied around Mel Tucker is pretty impressive given the fact what kind of Luke Fickle did to them. Yeah, it's – I think that they really just wanted a – a coach that the way that that coaching search wound up going, 
I think towards the end of it, because it was so absurd the way that D'Antonio, I mean, he screwed him over. Let's let's call a spade a spade here. Right. He took his took his took his uh, check and ran out of there. But I think Spartan fans took solace in the fact that you know they just had a guy that wants to be there and someone mm-hmm. who you know has shown recruiting chops. It seemed like the administration is you know willing to pour the resources they need to in to boosting those recruiting efforts and giving him the type of support around him, which is all you can really ask for. Um, you know, I want to run through the rankings here in terms of offense, defense. They were 116th in scoring in the nation. That was la- dead last in the Big Ten, 18 points per game. Uh, 122nd in rushing nationally. The passing wasn't terrible. It was 54th. It was middle of the road in the Big Ten. I feel like much of that had to do with Rocky Lombardi throwing for 600 yards in Ann Arbor and looking like, uh, you know, insert Hall of Fame quarterback here. Um, 109th yeah. in offense. That was, I mean, that's, it's, it's bad. It's really bad. Defense scoring wasn't great. They were 100th nationally, uh, last in the Big Ten, but rush defense was 55th. Passing defense was uh, 72nd. Uh, total defense was 54th. So, like, that's respectable because they did, they lost a lot from, from those D'Antonio teams. And, you know, when you look at what ails them, and this kind of moves into the portion where we talk about what some of their key additions are, they pretty – I think there's a good chance they grab their starting quarterback and their starting running back out of the mm-hmm. transfer portal. Anthony Russo comes over from Temple, threw, uh, threw for 44 touchdowns, over almost 6,300 yards in three years with Temple. Uh, Kenneth Walker, who is a pretty good back in the ACC with Wake Forest, has 1,158 yards rushing, 17 touchdowns in 20 games with Wake Forest. So, I think, you know, when you look at when you look at them, it's just how they're similar to Michigan in that their their season is probably going to hinge on what they do offensively. Because I think the defense might be rough, and we'll talk we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But I think that when you look at both of those teams, and, and arguably. You look at that, you circle that October 30th game, see how much progress is made between the start of the year and, and that game for both of those programs. But I think uh, it, it seems like they're just a little more talented at every position group on the offensive side of the ball. So I can't say I like what they have there, but I think that they have I, I, they they can't get worse. I think they'll be better there. Yeah, you mentioned Anthony Russo coming over from Temple. Played in just three games last year. Uh, had really good sophomore and junior campaigns. He's a career about 60% completion guy. As you mentioned, the, the 44 touchdowns, 32 interceptions, really not bad. Uh, just kind of not really playing a whole lot last year. We'll, we'll see what he's able to do, stepping right into a starting role. I would imagine, I, I don't know if Peyton Thorne is, is really going to push him for the starting gig or not. I mean, he came in for Rocky Lombardi. He wasn't terrible, but down the stretch of the season last year, he really wasn't all that great. Uh, the running back situation is really interesting because by all accounts, Kenneth Walker is going to be the guy uh, to start. But I mean, you look at some of these other guys here, like uh, Connor Hayward, uh, Elijah Collins, they weren't great, but no one was on that, you know, team last year the offensive line was, was kind of a mess for for michigan state a year ago and we'll see what they're able to do they had a, a jared horse of arkansas state to come over and, and probably uh insert himself into the starting lineup right away um but defensively now 
this is this is interesting to me because they lost a kind of a guy at all three levels here. They lost Antoine Simmons. He was second team Big Ten. Uh, 75 tackles on the season. Next closest was 54. Uh, he was a stud, obviously. Uh, Naquan Jones, defensive tackle. And then corner Shakir Brown, he had five interceptions, and he was the only player from Michigan State to record an interception last year. So defensively, you're losing dudes, but transfer portal again, man. Uh, Corvarius Crouch from Tennessee, he was, he was a big Michigan target, I yeah. remember. He played linebacker for the Volunteers. Top 100 guy. I think he was ranked yeah. 61st, maybe. Yeah, uh, four star. He he was an athlete, but he played linebacker. You know, so that's that's another one that we th- that's that's my big thing about Michigan State is I don't know because they're, they're going to have experience, but not experience with each other. You know what I'm saying? Russo's probably going to be a guy as a, as a transfer. Uh, Kenneth Walker is going to be running back as a transfer. Corvarius Couch is going to be a starting linebacker. You've you've got an offensive lineman from Arkansas State coming in as a transfer. The one good thing that they do have is their receiving core. All three, top three are returning. Jalen Naylor, Jaden Reed, and Ricky White, who combined for over 1,000 yards and uh, eight touchdowns in just the seven games. So at least, you know, Anthony Russo, he, he's probably got a better cast of weapons here than he did at Temple. Yeah, something that's – this is kind of – this is. I mean, we talk about th- – this is an interesting juxtaposition that I'm kind of – just that's materializing as we do this live here is that you know we think and at least if you go by the projections a lot of people think that it's either going to be like michigan state or Rutgers that fights it out for like that last spot the big 10 east it kind of comes down to when you start talking about outlook with this team it's who's who's covid season do you trust more do you trust right. The, the two big wins that michigan state had and you know them get them getting blown out by everyone else or do you trust a Rutgers team who they, I think they won, they won three games, I think, but it was all, um, you know, they were competitive in every game. It looked like there was progress made. I mean, which, I guess my big question here is like, which rebuild or retooling, whatever you want to call it, take the rivalry out of it. Which one are you putting more stock into? You know, what's funny too, Anthony, is, is you mentioned at the beginning of the show that Mel Tucker want, is like a recruit first guy, right? And he wants to come, he wants to get guys in, and then he's going to develop them and win games that way. He's good. Greg Schiano, like I understand that he was at Rutgers, you know, for, for many years and he was very successful at Rutgers, but how many like high school guys remember Greg Schiano at Rutgers? Probably not many. It was really that long ago. So I went and looked at it, man. Last year, they had a great recruiting class. They were only one spot behind Michigan in the 247 composite rankings. Rutgers was. Michigan State, you know, really wasn't that close. So th- we're going to be comparing these two at least this year and maybe next year, these two guys, Shiano and Mel Tucker, in the Big Ten East because they were given really similar situations given the COVID year that that became their first year. I, Greg Shiano probably has a step up because he already had ties in place in the New Jersey, New York area. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, they're still going to be tied uh, together as we project these teams and programs moving forward. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting to see how that all plays out. You know, it's, do I think that any of those programs are probably within reach a couple of years away from competing for a big tennis title? No, because as long as Ohio state and Ryan right, yeah. is doing, you know, like that's, but you're looking for that mid tier. You're looking to get to that, 
that seven, eight, nine wins if you can make it happen. You're, you're, you're basically, if you're a program like Michigan State and Rutgers now in, in this, I know Michigan State had a run of success here five or six years ago, but you're kind of looking to be what Indiana football is. Mm-hmm. And I think Greg Schiano has the he has the background. He has the experience. I mean, Mel Tucker, for as much optimism as there is within that fan base, that this is a guy that can turn around again, two and five last year. I'm not putting a ton of stock in that, um, but five and seven before that in the one year he coached at Colorado. And again, that's a different situation too. He was only there for one year. He hasn't really had a chance to build something yet, but I think yeah, we don't, we really don't know what Mel Tucker is as a head coach. Yeah. The interesting thing too, is that, I know Mel Tucker said at Big Ten Media Days that like Michigan State, like, listen, all of those little 15-minute podium sessions, those are basically pep rallies, recruiting pitches, things like that. Mel Tucker made a comment like, Michigan State's a dream job for me. want to build something here. If he wins like eight or nine games at at Michigan State, he's going to be coaching probably one of the 18 to 20 teams that are in the SEC by the time, by the, you know, when the time comes. So, um I don't know if this is a program guy. I don't know. It, it's just tough to see, you know, because even even with the recruiting rankings, like they're still they're still not quite there yet. I think they're still kind of piecing it together going into this year. COVID had a pretty big impact on that, and them getting the, you know, the ground yeah. running, and they totally overhauled everything for the most part. I'm not sure if there were even any holdovers from the old staff, but you know, I. It's it's this is this might be the toughest team in this conference to get a read on this year. I, I, I when I, I can insert rivalry feelings into it and feel that way. I can take rivalry feelings out of it. Like a Michigan fan, like in any other year, you could probably feel pretty confident looking up and down what they have on that roster and going. I mean, I know we have our own problems, but we're better than them at almost every position. But that was the case last year too, and you lost to the worst team that Mel Tucker will will probably ever have at Michigan state. Right. This, this year's team is really bad, but um, it's just so it's very difficult to get a read on it. Uh, someone else who's back. We didn't talk about this. He opted out of last year, Jacob Ponashuk. So yeah, that could be a guy watch out for him with the lead pipe or something around the knees when you're Ex- yeah, in the huddle it, with exactly. him, a little right. bit of a dirt bag. I say hopefully that he's, hopefully he's matured a little bit. Well, you know, that's, those are the type of guys that get under the skin of Michigan players. And we've seen it for years. It's, it always seems to happen, but you know, I, do you want to just get into this schedule now? I I was going to say, I, I I don't want to say that I don't know how to talk about this team, but I literally, I legitimately, I have no idea what this team is going to be. Like, like we said, man, they killed the transfer portal, but that makes it incredibly hard to project what a team is going to be, you know, because we haven't seen a, but I will say the schedule is pretty favorable for them. You look at the crossover games at Northwestern, at Purdue, and home to Nebraska. I mean, if you're crossing over to the Big Ten West, that's about as good as it gets here in 2021. Yeah, they're going to have to set a tone early. You start at Northwestern. If you go out and win that game, you beat Young Youngstown State the next week. You're sitting at 2-0. and A lot of people are, I think, what's the Vegas over-under? The over-under for them is at four and a half. So, if you get to two and zero right out of the gate, you got to feel. If you're a better, you probably feel pretty good about that. But again, at Miami, that's not a game they're going to win. Nebraska. I mean, I know we're not very high on Nebraska, but again, is is Nebraska a team that is more talented? Maybe I think so. Potentially, are they better coached? Maybe 
I'm not sure. So that's one of those, again, we're talking about by the time that Michigan plays Nebraska, I think on October 9th, um, Nebraska will have had a few of those kind of games to sort out what they're going to be too. So that's mm-hmm. one of those pecking order games. Western Kentucky, they could be – I who knows what happens in a, with a game like that. Um, you know, I could see that Michigan – I could see it, this type of Michigan State team having trouble in one of those non-conference games. They're not going to beat Miami. But then you go at Rutgers. You and I are high on Rutgers, high, you know, yep. relatively speaking. At Indiana, you play Michigan on the day before Halloween, so literally almost a year to the day from – when last year's game happened and you know, I it's, it's going to be really, I'll say this about that game. Say what you will about Jim Harbaugh's struggles against Michigan state. And, and they're not struggles compared to what he's done against Ohio state, but three and three, they haven't lost two games in a row to Michigan state. So right. Maybe that's something to maybe hang your hat on. And they haven't lost in East Lansing either, but uh, from there at Purdue home against Maryland at Ohio state, and then they finished the year against Penn State. I mean, you look at the schedule here. They could lose their last. They could lose their last five games. So if they don't get off to like a rollicking start early on, like if you get if you pile up some wins early on, you might be you might be ready to play. I mean, they'll always be ready to play Michigan. They're coming off a bye week too, which is kind of scary to think about. Yeah, but you st- you stack up those wins in that front half of the schedule, then you get to the back half. You know, and you got Purdue and Maryland. Like this is a team that probably needs to get, I don't know, four wins before that Michigan game to feel somewhat good about their chances in a bowl game. And and I don't. It could go either way. It's it's that once they get past Western Kentucky, knowing what we do know about this Michigan State team right now, that's a really really tough schedule for them especially at the beginning when you're trying to develop some chemistry with these new guys, having to go to Northwestern and to Miami could be bad, but at the same time, I mean, at Northwestern on a Friday night, we, we know Northwestern, we're, we're going to know pretty much what they are. The, the first week, they're either going to come out of the gate strong or they are going to be bad, you know, and, and it's a coin flip there. Michigan state could absolutely win that game uh, at Ryan field and beat like a much said, better Northwestern team last year. Right. Exactly. So you're looking at it. Like I could see them being four and one out out of the gate. I do. I think that's going to happen. No, but is it absolutely possible? No question about it. You know? So I'm looking at the over I'm going to take the over on this Michigan state team, given the, the talent that they brought in. I think they can get to five wins, uh, you know, with a veteran quarterback, with a good running back coming in, you know, you bolstered the offensive line a little bit. You added some talent on the defensive side and you got your top three receivers coming back. I think that this team can get to five wins at least. Yeah. I'm going to deviate from you for the first time in this. This I'm the first take, one. I'm going to take the under, I'm going to take, I, I think they'll go four and eight. I look at, again, we look at what these winnable games are. You get Nebraska at home, but you go to Rutgers, you go to Indiana, mm-hmm. you're at Purdue. Um, Maryland will be much better this year. I mean, we talk about a team that can benefit from act. You know, Michigan State's one of those teams that, like Michigan, and we'll talk about them eventually down the line here, they're going to benefit from having a full offseason. But, you know, a team like Maryland didn't play a full – it seemed like every time Maryland got going last year that they weren't – you know, that their season would – a game would get canceled or things would get right. off. So – you know, with with Tua's brother there and and the weapons that they have offensively, like that's an improved team. So, 
yeah, they have to get off to a hot start, but there's just at Northwestern is going to be tough. I don't know if that team is going to lose two in a row to, to Michigan state. We'll see at Miami's tough Nebraska. That's a team that that's a team that has to, they have to make a bowl game this year. I actually I like Michigan state over Nebraska this year. We did the Nebraska pod and I just don't like the corn Huskers at all. Yeah, no, I'm with you. It's just, again, it's one of those tone setting loser right. leaves town type of, uh, type of matchup it, it's yeah it's pretty much yeah it's a good it. way to look at it but it's also i could be down on this team and they've like they could get blown out three games in a row and then okay here's um you know at indiana win or beat you know we know they can beat michigan um your beat penn state last game of the year you know like they've shown they're capable of that now so it's tough but that's you know, that's the be, thing too is i have to i kind of have to separate myself from the D'Antonio era Spartans, because you look, you, you saw them on paper and you're like, Oh, they're, they're going to lose that game or, or whatever, you know, but they would find a way to, to win that game. Could Mel Tucker's team be that? Absolutely. We just don't know that. And I can't, I, I have a hard time separating mentally myself from those kind of D'Antonio workhorse teams, you know, and Mel Tucker could be that we just don't quite know yet. So, so maybe I'm a little more optimistic with the over four and a half, but I, I don't know, just with the talent that they brought in and Mel Tucker, again, this is only his third year as a head coach, you know, and one of those years was a shortened COVID year. So right, we'll see, you know, well, I'll be Mr. Bad Guy. I'll take the under. I think that I do think they're going to be better offensively. I mean, something that really hurt them too. Uh, they're they were minus nine in turnovers last year, which was 121st yeah. in the country. Like you get that, and I don't think around. that that shouldn't happen. Uh, well, I, I shouldn't say shouldn't say shouldn't, but that is that's one of those high variance sort of stats that you can't really from one year to the next. It, it really is not consistent. Well, and if you want to like. They turn over the ball seven times to get against Rutgers. Is that going to happen again? I don't know. And, and Rocky, like Rocky Lombardi, like every, they're better at almost. And they were position. still in that Rutgers game, by the way. They were. They only lost by eleven. But yeah, um, yeah. I think my questions with them are more on the defensive side of the ball, no doubt, and offensive line for me. You know. Yeah, I, I mean, you look at you look through the Athlon preview, which, like, like I said before, is kind of my. It doesn't mean a ton, but it's kind of what I've been going, you know, what I've been reading. And, and I've read a couple of them, other magazines, but they don't have a position rank. Michigan State doesn't have a position rank above eighth in the Big Ten. And that's their wide receivers and tight ends. Um, the running backs are ninth, but everything else is 10th or 11th. So there's just a lot. I don't know. There's a lot to sort out here. Um, when I look at the pecking order in the Big Ten East, I mean, unless someone really shits the bed somewhere like, it's either six or seven for them. I don't see them yeah. finishing above Maryland. I don't see them. I don't see any of Ohio state, Penn state, Indiana, Michigan, you know, being in the dumpster, you know, being a cellar dwelling team this year, hot take Ohio state won't finish last in the big 10 East. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I don't believe you. <laughs> anything can happen. Right. A uh, couple, couple, a uh, couple numbers to know here. 19.6%. The Spartans lost eight fumbles and Michigan State quarterbacks were picked off 12 times last season. The unit ranked next to last nationally with a 19.6 turnover rate as 20 of the team's 102 offensive drives ended in a turnover. So, 
You cut back. I will, I will say, uh, Russo, he's so he had a good junior year where he threw 21 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. But his sophomore year, it was 14 14. And in three games last year, it was nine and six. Like the guy, the guy will probably throw some interceptions. It's that's that's the thing for them. Is he someone you plug in and he's your starter, or is he John O'Corn and you're starting a freshman in week five? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I mean, we'll see. It's going to be we'll interesting. See. I'm despite the uh, despite the rivalry, I am as interested in seeing how this team performs as any team in the Big Ten because again, it's yeah. just like so it's, many like, question marks, man. The through line for Rutgers last year was again as we're tying those two teams together, which Michigan State fans will probably vomit at, but hey, they're not listening to this anyways. Uh, the through line with a team like Rutgers is that, again, I said it before, they were competitive in every single game. You saw the highs and you saw the peaks in the valley. Like MSU was a peaks and valleys team. So, mm-hmm. and there were more valleys than peaks. And we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, I'll go with, uh, I'll take the under. You've got the over. We should keep track of these. But that's we, we, our first we will. I still got all my, I got all my, got all my sheets. That's our. Michigan State's preview and predict projection for 2021. Anthony, what uh, where, where can we find all of our preview and projection shows, and where can we find you on social media? All of our podcasts are on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your shows. There might be some made-up googly ga word that is a podcast host, and we're there, and I don't know about it. Uh, I'm not quite as in the weeds on that as I should be, but you can find us there. Leave a review, positive review. Leave us feedback. You can follow me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. Uh, the social info for all of Maze and Bruce sites are in the description below if you're listening to this right now. So that's where you can find me. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Yardy, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. And if you are by the off chance that you are a Michigan State, like, follower and you follow the team very closely listening to this show, please feel free uh, to tweet me about anything I got wrong. I will gladly acknowledge you probably know the, the 2021 Michigan state team far better than I do. So let me know, you know, you can, you can tweet me with any corrections that you have. Uh, We, we try our best here, but if I got something wrong, I absolutely, you know, I will 100% own it and be uh, glad to correct that mistake. So you can do that on Twitter and check out all of our other shows. We're previewing all 14 Big Ten teams ahead of the 2021 season. Up next, don't tweet at me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Next show, we're going to be taking a look at the Maryland Terrapins. For Anthony Broom, I'm Luke Yardy, and we'll see you on the next Preview and Projection show.